Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose. And we are on the series, The Life, and it is program number 67, We Are Living Stones. That's program number 67 on the series, The Life. If you want to look it up, you can go to our website, It'll be posted there shortly at www.justasiamministries.com. In fact, all of our programs for the last 10 years are on that website. And if you need any resources as well, you can shoot us a call, 916-645-1297. And Susan spends a great part of her week shipping resources out. Uh, We have books. We have uh, actually two books and a little pocketbook as well. And... um, and just stuff, and shoot us a call. We'd love to chat. And uh, Susan, would you open the program with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that you have provided an avenue for us to speak about your goodness and about your love and to to be able to examine the things of the Bible that help us to get to know you better. And we just pray now that you will send your spirit to be with each listener and to be with us as well, that we may, by learning more of you, be drawn closer to you day by day. And that is our goal, Lord, is that we want to be um, next to you and to be able to reflect your your goodness to other people. And so we can't do that without your spirit. So we pray now for that, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, we're we're actually... Uh, talking about, we've been talking about living stones and how the temple was a representative of a representation of the human heart. In fact, we've we've been d- done a series on object lessons and metaphors, and and you know it's interesting how much Jesus uses metaphors. And so, as we talk today about us being living stones, um, I thought about this in the context of this great building that God is building. And Jesus, of course, being the chief cornerstone, and we're all living stones in this building. And I got to thinking, what has humanity done since the beginning of time? We've looked everywhere else but to Jesus to build our house. I know you did. I know I did. We looked everywhere. We looked to a bottle. We looked to a bag. We looked to— Well, uh, isn't, you, isn't that a metaphor itself? That's a metaphor to itself. Build ourself, to build our house— Right. That's a metaphor itself, because the house that we're building, you know, in other words, where we are housed, I think Paul even called it the tent, whatever, this this temple, mm-hmm. this, um, this temple that we're building. Well, the foundation is the most crucial part, and I, I, I want to uh, rewind to last week's program, or last time's program, is our foundation built on love for others, because— <laughs> 
because it's either going to be built on love for others or it's going to be built on judging others. And we need to ask ourselves, you know, what are we building our foundation on? Love mm-hmm. for others or judging others? Uh, because in my opinion, uh, not loving your neighbor, not loving God and not loving your neighbor, that's the biggest heresy there is. Right, because we can be off on on some things, but if we're off on this, then we're, we can be in big trouble. If you just read 1 Corinthians 13... Um, Paul explains to us that basically love and understanding and and um, being a force for good, which is a person who is a loving person, is really um, the basics of the Bible. That's the right? lens that, we need to look through. Right, the, and, and I think that God is trying to tell us that is not only it, it needs to be the foundation of your character as well. Right, and, and if you could look through that lens, so we'll do some Bible math. We've done it before, but God has to be the quarter, cornerstone of this house we're, we're building, this foundation. So, right, so if, if we're talking about the house and the foundation, we know God is love, so therefore God has to be the cornerstone, therefore the cornerstone is love and everything right. equals out. Yeah, so the, yeah, so your Bible math, if God is love and Jesus is God and Jesus is the cornerstone, then love must be the cornerstone. It's simple math. So I don't understand why I don't want to try to get I don't want to get off track too far, but I don't understand why um, that is so misunderstood in so much of the reality of whether it be, certain religions or um, just relationships and the understanding in the world, I guess because the prince of this world isn't Jesus, that Satan's and he's the, got Yeah, right. and he's attacking our carnal nature. And we have to remember, we're all, we're all little children. Right. John calls us little children. And right. We're all little children, and little children would rather obey rules mm-hmm. and be good little boys and girls and obey rules rather than understand that sin is not a breaking of a rule, it's a breach of trust. Mm-hmm. And a breach of trust is breaking that connection of love, and that causes damage. Right. See, so it's a lot simpler for God to speak to us and is sin being rule breaking so we can understand it. Yeah, I've got these rules and if I break them, you know, then I'm, in I'm, trouble. I'm in trouble. And if I keep them, then I'm safe. Then I'm safe. I'm right. on base. You can't tag me out because I'm keeping the rules. Right. Well, we need to graduate a little bit from that mindset to say, you know, sin, sin punishes sin. God doesn't punish sin. Sin punishes sin. Right. It causes brain damage. The person who... um for lack of a better, attack someone, that person is doing more damage to himself than the person he attacks. Right. Because he's a different person after that. Right. It's kind of like uh, if, if when, when you have recovered from, say, like sexual abuse, if, if you were sexually abused when you were a child, if you can come through the... Um, the come, darkness. Come through the darkness and understand what reality is... Um, I know somebody who says, would you rather be the the abuser or the person that was abused? Because the real damage, the long-lasting damage is the one who was the abuser. Right. Not the person who was hurt by the abuse. Right. Because that's what it is. Sin, they, they participated in an act to hurt somebody, and therefore that reacts upon their mind and their very constitution and everything about them. Right, and, and it causes that damage, that, that almost irreparable damage, where you, regardless of whether you've um, 
let's say you've you've harmed someone because mm-hmm. that's basically what sin is. Sin is the exploitation of another human being for selfish gain. Right. That's what it is. Right. And so when we go around doing that, we're causing damage to ourselves, and we that we separate from God. Right. And and so when we understand sin in that context, rather than just a rule that got broken, and now we need Jesus to come stand between us and God, and we need an acquittal. Mm-hmm. Um. It's. Uh, that's not how it works. God right. wants to make us well. Right. He wants to. He, he he's not worried about stuff in record books. That's a, that's a, a an object lesson or an some, it's a teaching tool. Right. And so it's and it's not about well you're going to get your just rewards when because if you do something wrong then you're going to be punished. It's like no sin actually changes who it you changes are as, who as you a are. person. And right. eventually you will no longer have the capacity to love, right. and therefore you will have chosen to be separated from God forever. Right. Whatever that looks like, you will be have chosen. We'll be, you know, no thank you, God. I, I, I don't want to live in your presence. Right, and so what the what you can go back to your first statement. So we're all building that house. We're building right? that house. So, What's the foundation? Right, so that character, whatever the choices that we're making is going into that structure. And so we can talk about like the last program, we were speaking about the builders of Solomon's temple and how uh, they had rejected that cornerstone right. that was brought to It was to always them. in the way. Right, and when it came to lay the cornerstone, they couldn't find one, and lo and behold, they, they finally their attention was brought to the stone that was rejected by everybody, and then the builders began to examine the stone that was didn't fit, but then they really started to look at it in new eyes. And and realized that it was the one. Yeah, and so yeah, then like you said, they did their, they checked it all out. But you know, the thing was, it was always in the way, right? And, and don't we treat Jesus that way? Because Jesus is that chief cornerstone. Once again, this is a metaphor mm-hmm. for for Jesus Himself is that cornerstone, the, the the stone that the builders rejected, and it just it seems like as we go along in life and and eat. Even us that that are, are are trying with our whole heart to follow God, sometimes that cornerstone is in the way, right? Because you it's know. not fitting into it's our not expectations. fitting into our agenda. Right. It's not fitting into the the whole list of stuff that I have to do today. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the test was performed on the stone. It was measured. It was accepted, and it was found to be an exact fit. Right. And the perfect. Path- prophetic vision of Isaiah, he was shown that the stone was a symbol of Christ that um, carried down a prophetic vision to the first advent. The prophet is shown that Christ is to bear the trials and the tests, the pressure, just like a chief, the chief cornerstone of the temple of Solomon. It was a symbolic um, vision of, of what Christ was going to have to face and bear in his very life. Yeah, and Isaiah said, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. That's Isaiah chapter 8, verse 13 through 15. Um, and, and this is what God is, is preparing his children for, is just the constant um, pointing to, you know, you're building something here. Build right. it on that proper foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in infinite wisdom, God chose the foundation stone and he laid it himself and he called it a sure foundation. The entire world may lay upon their burdens and beliefs upon it. 
and it can endure them all. With perfect safety, they may build upon it. Christ is the tried stone. And, you know, and I would imagine when he lived his, when he was living his life, he, you know, did not live up to the expectations of all the Pharisees. And he the was Sadducees. always in the way. Well, and then not only that, but I think that um, they had greater expectations of this magnificent um, king coming, and, and he came as a, as a, you know, as a babe born in a, in a manger yeah. of lowly um, ascent, you know, as yeah. opposed to coming in all of his glory. Yeah, a king coming to fit their agenda. Right. And so that's what we have to be aware of is, you know, what is what is God's mission for us? It's to make us well. And what does well look like? You know, uh, someone once said uh, the one of the biggest dangers in a person's life is succeeding in something that doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And this is where we go. We go and we succeed in something that does not have um, eternal, eternal value right. to it. And yet uh, the, we get some type of reward and we continue to build on that. So, you know, what does succeeding in something that has eternal value look like? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is, is it helping someone put their groceries in their car. Well, and and so that's the thing is like what is true success? Exactly. What you have to define true success in your life mm-hmm. in order f- for you to to you can't if you can't manage it, you can't measure it. If you if you don't know what it is, you can't even measure it. And I I think that probably as you grow as we grow closer to Christ or we grow, grow closer to the understanding or maybe it's just as we get older, we see that you know, success is nothing of what the world calls successful. Um, someone can be successful in the eyes of God and yet be looked upon as um, as less than as, from worldly standards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's always been and will always be the case. Right. So Jesus never disappoints if we have that open heart. And he's endured the pressure. He was tempted by the devil. He's endured all of that pressure that's been put on him by the devil in the Gethsemane and in the wilderness. And we see him um, basically defeated the devil, uh, really with an with a, an exhibit of love that is unimaginable, unimaginable as he allows his creation to nail him to a cross, and then he forgives them why they do it. Um, just a just a total expression of love, and so he has conquered the powers of evil. That's right, and he bore the burdens cast upon him by every single repenting sinner. In Christ, the guilty heart has found relief, and he is the sure foundation. All who make him their dependence rest in perfect security. And so Peter talks a little bit about... Um, Jesus being the foundation and us being living stones. Would you would you read First Peter two verse yes. three? Peter says, "If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You also, as living stones, are built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood." to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. 
Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believes on him will not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, that believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. He's always in the way if we're doing something wrong. Basically, that's that's what that's talking right. about. So he's always there, so you, we can count it as for good or for evil. Right, right. If we're building a, a house with that sure foundation, then he's there, and he's we just it's gladness. But when we're doing something wrong, he gets in the way. So the, well, the and I think too in in Revelation it talks about when Jesus comes again to the earth, there's going to be a a, a group or, you know, an assembly of people that are saying, my God, I've waited for you. And another group, they're going to say, oh, no. Let the rocks rocks fall on us. Fall on us and hide us from you. Yeah. So it's the same Jesus. Same Jesus. It's the hearts of humans that That, are... That's the problem. Yeah. God doesn't have the problem. We have the problem. Right. To those who believe Christ is the sure foundation, um, these are they who fall upon the rock and are broken. And I don't know if you've ever gone through a situation where you just you just feel broken and and you're all done and the only thing to do is fall upon the the rock you know and and I've gone through several experiences in my life like that where where it's almost it's almost in my mind's eye that I'm standing in front of the ocean and you know how small you can feel when you're standing and the waves are crashing and everything it's almost a feeling like that of how you know when you really you make a mistake and you and you're you just just like man i am so small and so broken and it's at that point in time when jesus is carrying you and that's the beauty of the whole thing if we open our hearts and we allow him at at those especially those points in time when we're we're down and out if we allow him in mm-hmm. and let him heal that right Right. It's, and it's also by faith and obedience that we build on Christ as our foundation. So, so why faith and obedience? Why faith and obedience? Because we're building a house. Mm-hmm. And when you build something, you must participate. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, 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 been involved in an alcoholic or a drug addict going through a 12-step program, but that's what they do. They participate in their own recovery and resentments are brought up, and a clearing of the mind, and everything is swept away mm-hmm. that is that is is keeping them from a relationship with God. Right. It's kind of got to get out with the old before the new can come in and, and take its place. Right. And sometimes sometimes you have to crowd it out with good behavior. You have to you know you start doing these steps and and writing down the resentments and the fears and all these things that that are cluttering your mind, and, and, you, and you give them all to God. And basically, it's the second law of thermodynamics. If you don't put energy into a system, it will decay. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go back to uh, any kind of addictive behavior, stand still. Right. And, and it's inevitable. Your, your, spiritual, um, your spiritual condition will decay. Right. So upon this living stone, the Jews and the Gentiles both may build. This is the only foundation upon which we may securely build. It is broad enough for all and strong enough to sustain the weight and burden of the whole world. 
It's about a connection with Jesus, the living stone, that we become living stones. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And once right. again, it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, and without looking through this lens, without looking through that lens of love for others, we cannot be healed. Once again, I want to revert back a little bit to the 12-step program. That's where a person goes through and they write their resentments down and they end up praying for people that have wronged them and they end up figuring out that, you know, um, they're all responsible for their own side of the street and that everybody else has been that on this planet is also damaged. And we, mm-hmm. then we begin to have compassion for those that harmed us. The next thing you know, we're learning how to build on that foundation and how to love others. Right. And it's so important, but that is the lens. That is the foundation. And without a connection with Jesus... Well, because that's so. So that's the thing. If if you really examine the life of Jesus, it's not to examine his theological stance on on one day versus another day, or on a certain type of baptism or not. What he, what, what I believe is what he was trying to teach is what is what are those foundational, um, basic design principles that need to be thread it into. I don't know if that's a word. Threaded into your character. Right. So mm-hmm. how did Jesus treat people? What did he do when he was accused? What did he do when somebody, you know, did, did hurt somebody else? How did his what was his behavior in his response? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where we can really learn. Um, you know, what did Jesus do when he was in the presence of a very known sinner or when someone was caught in adultery? You know, how did he treat that person and how did he treat the people that brought the woman in adultery. I think that's a very important point because he's always protected everyone's reputation. Right. If you look through the the if you look through the record, even Judas, he protected his right. reputation. He, he, and, so and, we so I think what we can say is that Jesus always desired good regardless of who it was he desired someone to be restored never never had um anger or or mal thoughts towards somebody his was always to bring somebody to a better place mm-hmm. so is that what we do when do, we yeah. see people and when we wake up in the morning do we think god help me to bring people to a and better healing. place yeah, yeah what can i do to help someone heal Get to a better place to a better place right. yeah because that is what we are all, as living stones, put on this planet to do is to make the world a better place and to bring a little bit of joy, a little bit of help, a little bit of heaven, heaven here, right now, because this can be a miserable existence, right? It really can, and I, we, Susan and I understand that as well as anybody else. Is it, it? This this is a dangerous planet, but if we have that, if we have that. Jesus as our cornerstone and those principles that he espouses, um, then we can, really the, the lens changes. And we can build a healthy foundation where, um, you know, when we have the light on in our minds and our hearts, then other people can see that light and they can they can grasp from that as well. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's Jesus... I think uses human beings in order to have those connections. But if your connection is burned out mm-hmm. and you're not bringing any light to the situation, then it's kind of hard to for people to be, you know, for it to continue to grow and grow. Right. And grow. Yeah. A candle under a bushel does not shed any light. Right. And once again, 
if we are disobedient, mm-hmm. by, by that I mean if we are um, breaking trust with God, if we're doing those things that we know are, are exploiting another human being for our personal gain, if we're doing that, we're, bre- we're, we're, we're breaking trust with God, we're separating from God, and then God becomes someone who is in the way, or we have to create a new God for ourselves mm-hmm. and, and, and tell ourselves that it's okay to do what we're doing, God's okay with it. And right. we've just invented a God of our own understanding right. outside of his principles. Right. Um, it's getting close to near the end, and we're going to have to wrap it up. And that was a quick program. Uh, re- remember, folks, we want to uh, encourage everyone to think along those uh, metaphorical lines of being li- living stones or being grafted into the vine or b- uh, building the house that Jesus is that chief cornerstone and that God is love. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.